And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thanks for being here. You know what I'm getting sick of? What? Every day is another special day, especially on social media. I mean, this week it's been what? Son's Day, Daughter's Day, Aunt Day, Uncle Day. Every day is a different day. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I, think... oh, I, I know the, the one that put me over the top. Uh-huh. Morning Show Radio Day. I figured I would do this now for all the people going in. Yeah. <laughs> doing well, we know shows. that's a load of crap. <laughs> morning Show Radio Day. Everybody Celebrate. put on their cargo shorts and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> what about Overnight Radio Day? Nobody celebrates that for that's, a reason. That's a <laughs> that's a kind of discrimination that we're dealing with. Yeah, but Leave I us saw alone. I saw all my friends that are you know and acquaintances that do morning shows across the country. It's morning show day. Yeah, morning show radio day, and it's a, a sun's day. And then somebody was saying I forgot what it was: sun's day or daughter's day or niece day or uh, third cousin day or whatever it was. And somebody's like, "You jumped the gun. That's tomorrow." It was like, well, there's, every day is, some, not, uh, is, is something else now, and I'm losing track of it. You know what I heard? I heard today is walk in front of a stranger and take a selfie day <laughs> out of nowhere day. Make that happen. <laughs> what are you doing? Who are you? Yeah, it's, yeah. I've right. never had a, you know something? I've never had a day. Well, here's the thing. How much do you really care if all you're doing is saying, hey, I recognize these people, some of whom are supposed to be the, you know, most important people <laughs> in your life. And all you do is give them a Facebook post. <laughs> Did you go out and buy a card, a cake, anything? Did you take them to dinner? Where's my day? Yeah, where's where's the pictures of the dinner? I want, I want my day. What about day. the award? Why can't there be a Gary day? That'd be the next thing. Name, just days for people's names. It's Gary Day. National Gary Day. That's National Gary Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But that's, I, uh, that's not individual enough. I want yeah. Gary McNamara Day. Yeah. Aside from National Donut Day, I really don't pay attention. I really don't. I don't. It's not the. Yeah, it's not a. If you have daughters, every day is daughter day. Well, you know, there's a national cat day. There's an international cat day. So that's the thing now. You have to celebrate national and then international. Well, there's a international women's day. I don't know any international women, but they have a day for it. Is there a men's day? Nope. Why not? They'll say, well, see, all the other days are. We contribute. I, I don't know that I'd celebrate that. Some. We continue. Yeah. We, we help in some ways. I don't, I don't think there's anything to celebrate when it comes to guys. <laughs> Instead of celebrate, it's more tolerate. <laughs> it's the okay fine good job <laughs> yeah i was waiting for somebody to say how come oh we should have it should be every day should be national teacher day mm-hmm. to honor our teachers you know i mean just something like that I mean, well or doctors international doctor national doctor day or i i tried to you know get into the whole it's uh national talk like a pirate day i walked into walgreens screaming i am the captain now and see i was trying to bring it up to the modern pirates mm-hmm. nobody was nobody was amused nobody's going to join it now wrong kind of pirate i guess yeah and there actually is talk like a pirate day mm-hmm. just so people yep. know so i don't know why it was just the last couple of weeks it's like every day is another day it's there was a Seinfeld episode on that, remember? Yeah. Every day was a different day, and they were baking well, cakes, and Elaine was and gaining weight. You know, and it's this cause and that cause and all the causes, and we have sometimes a whole month. And, and you know, do you show up? Do you, Is there a breakfast every day, or do you, I mean, is there a requirement? Is there a, a minimum, you know, this cause month? Okay, today... It's, I don't know, or this this month is National Teachers Month. National Heart Health Awareness Month. Yeah, I don't think about my heart the rest of the month, but I well, really focus on well, it that month. I mean, yeah. How uh, come it's not national? What about, what, what about National Spleen Month? There's never a spleen month. When I met my doctor the other day. What about you International know, Forehead you know, Week? My, my, you know, my when I was at the doctor the other day, he takes a stethoscope and he's listening. And, and you know, I'm like, well, what are you listening for here? You know, and I saw. I actually told him I saw a Becker once where he had it on. You know, the whatever the vein is in the neck, and he heard a whoosh, and he knew something was wrong. Was that fiction or true? And he goes, Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. I just wondered. Mm-hmm. And then he gets down. You know, to the abdomen. He's feeling under your ribs. I go, What are you looking for there? And he goes, Checking the size of your kidney. And then he goes to your your ribs and he starts going, you know, with the thumb, you know, bump, 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 bump. He goes, okay, basically this is the size of your, uh, excuse me, not kidney, your liver. And your liver's fine. And then I said, and then he reaches the other side under the rib. I go, what are you looking for there? And he goes, your spleen. I go, well, do you feel it? And he goes, no, if I did, you'd be in big trouble. (laughs) It'd be five times the size it should. You'd be going right to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And so it was all uh, interesting, you know, as the... Doctor was- My doctor prefers not to touch me, but to use modern imaging. 
do, you mean I got to be worried now? <laughs> well, what was my doctor doing? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, then he pulled the leeches out. Methods have changed. He pulled the leeches out, and then we, you know, took some blood. And and then you went to the general store for some supplies. <laughs> got back on the wagon and went home. And, yeah. And I built my cabin. Can I get some sarsaparilla? How about some licorice whips? I just went to the doctor. He gave me good news. I was talking said about, my spleen is fine. Talking about buddies over the weekend. We're talking about old westerns, and it's yeah. like you know these gunfighters were really stupid drinking whiskey before they went out. Yeah, right. To shoot their guns, right? And I said, no, no, wait a minute. Remember though, they did recognize it because there were some westerns. Remember, there was like the soda pop kid. It's like okay, that was smart, right? Yeah. You may lose a little bit of your hand-eye coordination, which in your profession is an extremely important thing to have. Yeah, I would I would think you'd want to be accurate. Yeah. And quick. Yeah. <laughs> Fast on the draw. <laughs> and now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6. And help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80 Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. Iowa 80. All right, so there's my uh, little uh, complaint hmm. uh, portion of the show. Too many days on social media. Pretty much what we do all show, every show, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. All right, now this is really interesting. Wall Street Journal had this, uh, that Hunter Biden may face a big tax bill. Now, this is really interesting. Hmm. And because they talk about the fact that the statute of limitations on all this stuff hasn't run out. He goes, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer said he has received suspicious activity reports with the Treasury Department indicating Hunter Biden received as much as 
50 million from sources in China, Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, Romania, and more. This is vastly larger than the amounts the whistleblowers have testified were shown on the federal income tax returns Mm. he filed for those years. House committee members allege that he concealed his ownership of those funds by having them funneled into dozens of entities. Ordinarily, the IRS must assess taxes and uh, begin proceedings to collect them within three years of the date the return uh, reporting them is filed. But when no return is filed or when the return is false, fraudulent, or otherwise represents a willful attempt to defeat or evade taxes, the statute of limitations does not start running. Where Hunter Biden and others engaged in a conspiracy to conceal their income and its sources? That's a a question. Hmm. Uh, Where are the bank accounts for the 20 or so entities the Oversight Committee believes Mr. Biden and his business partners established? The agents claim to have been thwarted in their efforts. If they hadn't been, what might have they discovered? Well, that's a great point. Do they know if they know the 20 LLCs, is there a record, as we have said, of them being opened and who opened them and how much money flowed through? Those banking records are still there. They don't go away. Oh, yeah. And it uh, says uh, the uh, as to the possible criminal charges, note that the statute of limitations begins to run when the last affirmative act of concealment occurs. So if income is received in year one and not reported, the last action undertaken to conceal it occurred in year five. It is in year five that the statute of limitations begin to run. It would be an error to conclude that the statute of limitations on criminal charges has expired without considering other acts of concealment prevented or delayed its start date in fulfillment of its oversight obligation Congress must continue its efforts to see that the laws it has passed are enforced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. What? I didn't even know. I thought this was the editorial page. This is Eileen O'Connor, who will testify today. Mm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. She's testifying in the first day of the impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. I, didn't even, I don't know why when I saw this, I thought it was the editorial page. Mm. This is an op-ed from Eileen O'Connor. Uh, Washington lawyer headed the U.S. Justice Department's tax division 2001 to 2007 and is one of three witnesses today before the impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the way to hit the ground running. Yeah. Okay, the pressure has to be growing. Well, with with what they released yesterday and the 250,000 now... Going to the president's address and look in Delaware. at what's going on with the left in recent days and weeks. The shift and the increase in the calling for him to not run in 2024. You look at, at, at everything that's going to be presented. You can't stop this train. It's already left the station. It's already on on the track. And the facts are the facts. This is not the January 6th committee. It's not Russia collusion. It's not Russia collusion. 
It's not even impeachment it's, one. It's not impeachment one. one here. It's You look at everything they've got lined up, and who knows what else they're going to bring. We've, we've been saying the flow of the money. Well, I think the problem is the reason, and you, you and I talked about this yesterday and earlier today, uh, but Menendez, every yeah. day there's another Democrat yeah. that wants him gone. You know, if and, he steps down this morning... Wow. Right that will be break. a tell. Well, because Republicans are going to, they've already, I've already seen like four different stories mm-hmm. comparing Menendez oh, yeah. to the Trump situation, Trump, to the uh, Biden situation. Yeah. Look, his home state now and Cory Booker, the other senator in yeah. New Jersey, yep. step down, get out. Because when the focus is on bribery and you're looking at Menendez, the comparison is going to be made. Because all these now, over the next couple of months, you're going to have this impeachment inquiry that could go on for six months oh, because yeah. they're just asking questions. Right. Like the January 6th committee. We're going to have a public hearing today. Three weeks, another public hearing. Mm-hmm. Three weeks, another public hearing. Mm-hmm. You can keep this thing running and running and running and running as more information comes out on Menendez, and they're going to make that comparison. That's scaring the daylights out of the Democrats mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. 86690 Red Eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Many people believe U.S. farmland purchases by foreign interests pose a threat to U.S. food security and national security. But what should be done about it? Should there be a total ban on foreign investments in U.S. farmland? Are we even able to detect or track those investments in the first place? We agree that there are incredibly important issues and look forward to working with Congress to address them. That's USDA Deputy Undersecretary Gloria Montano-Green testifying at a Senate Ag Committee hearing on this Wednesday. And earlier in the week, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack talked about this with reporters at the White House, saying that USDA has the job of tracking land ownership changes, but it's a very complex job given the current system. Every county has their county recorder, and on any given day, somebody may walk into that recorder's office and file a deed, and there's no way of knowing precisely whether or not that is a Chinese purchaser. So we would need to work on how we might be able to collect the information and be able to analyze that information in a timely way. He said USDA needs more resources to be able to do that. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm uh, Gary McNamara. Sorry, just looking here and, and coming up on the bottom of the hour, we'll get more into just the, the not really analysis of the debate, but just where we are right now and whether the debate even matters. But I was just, I was just going through a couple of things here, uh, you know, some new articles out. A quick second debate scorecard recapping the chaotic, poorly moderated event at the Reagan Library. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this debate was chaotic, poorly moderated, and uh, plagued by the Univision anchors trying to push the candidates to the left. An odd and off-putting presence for a Republican debate on Fox at the Reagan Library. Here are my very quick reactions. You know, one of the things is, you know, they, you know, Christie and DeSantis hit him for not being there. 
Right. And DeSantis hit him, you know, for example, on uh, on on abortion. Uh, and I guess Christie hit him on, on, you know, only getting 52 miles done on the border wall. As I've said, the problem here right now is most Republicans think the same. Ninety five percent, they think the same. And the other five percent that you saw at the debate last night is the minutia of things that really aren't the things that's most important on the mind of the voter. And the other thing is no one said Trump is unelectable because of the indictments, because over the past couple of weeks, the narrative has changed because especially of the panic of the Democrats because of that one poll. Right. And they may have internal polls. So it's like if you can't go after the guy who's got 45 to 55 percent of the actual vote of Republicans and you won't go after them, then you're fighting for at most four or five percent of the electorate by defeating another candidate. And so you're in a time right now where Republicans need to be unified on the message right now, and you're not getting it because what you're going to get is that headline right there. The debate was chaotic, poorly moderated, and, uh, of course, Univision anchor there, which is why, you know, this, this is where, you know, Fox or whatever, they'll blow it. Yep. They'll find a way to get it to the left. Yep. Uh, yeah. It will be interesting to watch how all of this starts to. I really have to wonder, by the way, how many right now are looking at that poll. That may well be an outlier. And believe that that poll that shows Trump is leading Joe Biden may have something to it. I just have to ask that question with some of the behavior on the left. Look, we know right now, we know for a fact that Democrats are concerned and they don't want Joe Biden to be the guy. If we're we're not even to October of 23 yet. Yeah. And I think they they look at the clock and say, if we're if someone else is going to be on that stage, they need time to raise money it's, and have a campaign going. It's amazing. We're 13 months out and it seems like we're a lot closer, doesn't it? It really it does. It feel like, it's, it's, like yeah. it's next month or something. Right. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Couple of uh, things. If you're just uh, waking uh, up, uh, the uh, Democrats in the Senate unanimously voted out the Chuck Schumer Fetterman can be a slob rule. Fetterman will now have to put on some pants and a shirt and a tie. He's going to have to get dressed. He's going to get dressed. I like that one. By the way, uh, our friend uh, Greg Tish. Yes. Is, uh, he uh, he wrote me, and it's a true story. 
Today is National Drink Beer Day. That I'm on board for. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Low carb? Light? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I I think it's just beer in general. Okay. Greg Tish, he's on right after us. Thanks. uh, Thanks, Real Talk 93.3 in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, uh, happy uh, uh, morning show, morning radio show day. Yeah. (laughs) Happy morning show host, radio morning show. I'm sure that's changed his entire mood, and now (laughs) he's going into work with all this enthusiasm because it's a day where they can celebrate the morning show. And drink beer. Uh, And and drink beer. (laughs) I like that. It works. I looked it up because I thought, well, why isn't that the same day as National Pretzel Day? National Pretzel Day is in April. So uh, no more slobs in the Senate. You got to get, got to get, got to get dressed. Yep. And it was unanimous. Schumer voted against what he put in last week. That's how much. That's how much pressure there is. Schumer. And then the other thing that uh, we uh, know is uh, that the uh, order that uh, the Biden administration uh, put into effect a couple of weeks ago that would deny federal funding to any school that has any type of hunting safety course and or archery programs, uh, you would be denied federal aid. 424 to 1, that was defeated in the House and unanimous in the Senate. Voted against the Biden administration and that education department ruling. And that's veto proof. Right. So that's done. And Eric and I looked at both of those and went, whoa, Democrats are scared. For Democrats to yeah. vote, yeah, yeah, for I, for funding schools that have hunting safety programs, which is about guns, gun safety programs in school, guns and school, and Democrats don't vote against it. There's a couple of things here wow. that I'll say on that front. One of the things that we've talked about. Uh, on a number of issues, the liberal transgender movement, especially in school sports. And we can I think we could probably add this to it. One of the things the Democrats thought or, or didn't, I guess, realize. Is that you're not taking on Republicans, you're taking on parents. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. You're not going to win it with parents. And I just have to wonder on a number of these cultural issues, what might be turning very quickly or have already turned politically that they can see in the Democratic Party. What are, and maybe they're not. Maybe they're just hearing from constituents and it's just kind of a, an anecdotal feedback. But we're talking in the Senate. Unanimous. That's, I mean, you you look at that oh, the, the pushback on on uh, on Fetterman. That's unanimous. 
Nobody in the Senate, not one Democrat, wanted Fetterman to be a slob. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We could kind of make that a parent issue. I mean, kids have, they, there's a dress code. <laughs> it's true. Even if you don't wear a uniform, even if there aren't uniforms in that school. But think about it. It's Wait a minute. There's a dress code everywhere else, and all of a sudden there's not a dress code for one guy it, on the floor in the Senate? But I do wonder what the left is seeing, what the Democratic Party is seeing right now. I'd love to see that. Are they seeing right now a lot of their base saying, you're not going to get me to show up on Election Day? I'm not. I'm really not excited about Biden. Voter apathy is a real thing. And when it hits hard, it can be devastating to a party. And if young people and independents are are not on board for the agenda from the left, are they reading into that poll, that Washington Post poll the other day, that shows in the general election, Trump would beat Biden by 10 points? It could be an outlier, but are they seeing anything that correlates that? I'm real curious as to what's going on. It's not just, it is an election year turn that's typical historically, but I think there's something more. You you hit it earlier. We're talking about a gun issue related directly to schools. And they didn't feel they could vote against it. When the left has been saying, we don't want more police officers on campuses because they have guns. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Getting to the debate last night, uh, quite a few articles written uh, about how the Republican debates not focusing on the biggest problem that we have, which is the upcoming debt. And what's going to happen? And it goes, Republicans won't touch it right now. And we've talked about this. One of the reasons why, because it's a negative and I know there's been a lot of criticism. You know, uh, I know that the conservative caucus, we need to cut, we need to cut, we need to cut. The fact is the Democrats know the American public says they want to cut, but but don't. Right. Uh, and I didn't hear, now I didn't, I, I've had a cherry pick because I was sleeping during the debate. But uh, I don't know if there was a question on the debt. Uh, I, I'm looking did, through the transcript. Uh, Chris Christie brought up debt. I'm trying to find the question that led up to that. Um, okay. Uh, it was about uh, the question uh, was regarding the spending deal. And then Chris Christie talked about uh, the national debt. Uh, he threw Trump in. Uh, during the Trump administration, they added $7 trillion dollars. Seven trillion in national debt. I'm trying to go further than Christie's comments here, and I, I don't. It's not anywhere actually. Well, you, uh, you. Uh, I'm reading this from National Review because there were a number of publications that said if the Republicans aren't going to bring it up, who brings it up? Well, if you bring it up, do you lose? Because if you tell the truth about the fiscal situation, Americans know then you have to cut, and they're not going to vote for cutting. If the national debt uh, uh, comes up, 
Uh, this is before the debate. I fully expect someone on the stage to demagogue to the issue and pledge to balance the budget by cutting foreign aid. Opinion polls consistently report that Americans believe foreign aid is in the range of 25% of the federal budget. Mm-hmm. In reality, it is less than 1%. It's something right. that we've talked about right. all the time. And they go through all of the you know, statistics here in this uh, article about uh, the problem uh, uh, that we have. And goes on to about, you know, talks about the fact that, and Trump was talking about it last night, you know, he's not going to cut Social Security. He's not going to cut, you know, Medicare. Something has to happen. Either the costs skyrocket and they go into now, if we're going to remain in inflation for a while, we're not going to go back down. No. We're not going to go back down to zero rates. So interest on the debt's through the roof. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to it's it's going to accelerate because there's look, uh, Jamie Dimon, if he's right. On the Fed and the move, most believe that the Fed will move at least another quarter of a point on interest rates by the end of the year. But analysts say that we could see the average 30 year mortgage at 8 percent. You know, the target range Mm -hmm. is somewhere around five and a half, I think, on the on the Fed rate. Um, but if they get close to six or even past that, uh, Jamie Dimon's suggesting they really need to, to accelerate it. And you read here, you'll hear the argument mostly from Democrats that the enormous debt is a sign we need to raise taxes. But tax revenue is higher than ever. And they go through mm. all the uh, statistics. Now, here's the one thing that they do here in this National Review column that we did. Those rich men north of Richmond are, in fact, paying plenty in taxes, and it's not really the poor who are taxed to no end, as the song goes. (laughs) I believe we are the only conservative show that went after that song as being, yeah, we understand the populism of it, but went after it as being totally inaccurate as to the situation actually going on in this country. Yep. Um. And, you know, they go on. There was a time when Barack Obama ran for president in 2008 that he said President George Bush was irresponsible and unpatriotic for adding four trillion to the national debt over an eight year span. Then the Obama administration added five trillion in a four year span and roughly doubled the national debt over his eight years in office. As always, presidents do not have complete control over federal spending, but they do sign the appropriation bills or more often the gargantuan omnibus appropriation packages. Then President Trump, aided by a Republican Congress, his first two years in office, started running near trillion-dollar deficits during the period of relative peace and prosperity, a deeply ominous sign. Once a country faced a genuine crisis in the form of the pandemic, uh, the deficit exploded to $3 trillion in fiscal 2020. Hmm. Note that in 2016, candidate Donald Trump pledged he would eliminate the debt, not merely the annual deficit, but the debt the gap, uh, the entire 19 trillion debt at the time over a span of eight years. Not only did he not even come close, he didn't even try. Trump's idea of an effective cost-cutting measure was canceling government offices' subscriptions to the Washington Post and the New York Times. <laughs> the primary driver of the country's spending deficit is entitlement programs. Yep, that's the truth. Yep. And we've been Absolutely. telling the truth for the longest time. Yeah. And we've been concerned about the debt for the longest time. And even as recently as a year ago, we would have our listeners call and go, oh, you guys worry about the debt too much. There's no problem. Now people are worried. 
Where's the money going to come from? Now that interest on the debt has skyrocketed because mm-hmm. of government-caused inflation that we don't see coming down, and we're not going to get to zero rates anymore. That's gone because in order to get there, you had to manipulate the Fed, and that's what also helped cause what? We bought our own debt, yep. which helped create more inflation to where we are today. We've done everything wrong and we're not, you know, they're suffering ahead. What? And I saw Trump last night. Uh, DeSantis wants to cut, wants to hit Social Security, wants to hit Medicare. Well, somebody's going to have to. Otherwise, your taxes will skyrocket through the roof. Yep. Which still won't yeah. solve the problem. Right. Something will change. Yep. Who knows what? But to sit there and say nothing will change because everything is fine and we'll cut foreign aid. If Republicans believe that, they're as delusional as Democrats. Yep. Yep. There's, because there's there, just it, it, just like we got into the the, the little altercation with the uh, 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 friendly union official of Sean Fain yesterday, claiming, "Well, I don't know anything about how it's going to run, but I have great hope that the electric vehicles, uh, you know, will will take the auto companies to great profits and bring back the UAW." And I said, "Sorry, but." With all due respect, you're delusional. Same thing here with the debt. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. In Toronto Radio, he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Just scanning the morning news, and you'll be happy to know nothing on Taylor Swift. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, couple I of- saw something that Heinz is putting out something regarding ketchup and ranch. I had no idea. It was a story. It was in a business section of uh, one of the websites. So apparently, in their little suite at the game, there was a plate. That was sitting next to her in one oh, of the pictures that had. Oh, oh okay. And it okay. says, All right. appears right. to be ranch. So Heinz is calling the ranch appears to be ranch. Ketchup and appears to be ranch. And they're putting it out for sale. They're going to capitalize oh, on, the, on the whole thing. We're doomed. Yeah. We really are. Yeah, doomed. we are. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. 
In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.